Today's Shir in Yerushalmi Sanhedrin is dedicated to the memory of Pesach Yershon ben Yisrael Fish, Oliver Shalom, and for a Refuah Shalema for Yosef Yisrael ben Zelda, Bishar Chole Yisrael. We are beginning on the Yud Alf Amid Beis in the Oz Vahadar edition, nine lines from the bottom of the Amid, with the last word on the line, Antoninus. And the Vilner edition is on Daf Tes Amid Aleph. Let us begin the next sugya with a brief Hagdama. We learned in the last year that there were 22,273 Bechorim that had to transfer the Kedusha that they received from Hashem in Mitzrayim to the Bnei Levi, the ones who were Kahanim, and the Gemara was using a figure of 22,000 Kahanim. So there were 273 extra. They had to be pointed themselves with five shkolem, and the more relates how Moshe Rabbeinu set up a system of tickets in a box. That was the sugi that we learned in the last year. And now we are introduced to Antoninus Hegmon. Antoninus, who was an official, and he deals with numbers. We're going to learn on Dafyud Bezim and Aleph, where he challenges Chazal on the numbers as we'll see in the sugi there. So here, Antoninus Hegman, Antoninus the official, Sholos Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, he asked Rabbi Yechem and Zakai, Bechlal Chesayrin, Ubefrat Yisayrin. You told me a figure of 22,000. So they are missing because actually Befrat, if you add up all the B'nai Levi, Yisayrin, there are more than 22,000, there are 22,300. Because Gershon, the Pasuk said, had 7,500 Levium, Kahas had 8,600, and Merori had 6,200. Added up is a total of 22,300. So Antoninus Astrob Yechem and Zakai, we have here a contradiction. The Klal, the Torah tells us in general, is missing 300. Just we have 22,000. And when you count up to three different Houses of Gershon, Kasimarari, you come to a total of 22,300. Amarle, so Rabbi Yechem and Zakai answered, Antoninus, the extra 300 were Bechorei Kahuna. They were themselves both Kahanim and they were Bechorim. Hayu, the Ein Kodesh, Motsi Kodesh. So here, the 273 Bechorim, could not use the extra 300 Bechayri Kohana because the Koyan had Kedusha and he can't be Moitzi, his counterpart Bechor, to take the Kedusha off the Bechor and give it to him because he's already a Bechor. So he used his position as a Koyan to take off the Kedusha that the Kohen had, that he was also a Bechor. So he used it on himself, but we cannot use his Kedusha, which had Kahuna and Bechor, to take away the Kedusha of the Bechor Yisrael, and they had to pay five Shkolem. Continues the Gemara, Ki boy similarly... The Gemara is now going to say that Moshe Rabbeinu made a similar system to what we learned in the last year concerning the Bechorim, 
22,273. He used a system of tickets in a box and everyone chose his ticket. The same system we find when Hashem told Moshe to gather together to help him, 70 Zikanim, we have the same thing, as the Gemara will now explain. Similarly, gather together 70 people from the elders of Yisrael. How was Moshe going to gather together 70 from the 12 Shvatim? Amar Moshe, Moshe said, If I will take six individuals from each Shevet, there will be 72. Six times 12 is 72. And Hashem only said, I should take 70 Zikadim. If I take Asura Mishisha, 10 of the Shvatim, I will take six from them, that'll be 60. Ushnayim Mechamisha, and from two of the Shvatim, I will take only five people, that will give me a total of 70 together, 60 plus 10. Eze Shevet Mechabalolavliyospogam, which Shevet will accept upon themselves to be deficient. In other words, we only had five representatives, and you have six representatives. As we turn to Daf, Yud Beis Amen Aleph, Ma Asa, what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? Not tell Shivan Pitim, he took 70 tickets, because of Alein Zokin, and he wrote on the 70 tickets the word Zokin, Ushnaim Cholak, and there were two tickets that had nothing on them. Vitil and Lakalpi, he put them in a box. Amr Lahen, he said to the Zikainim, Come and take your tickets from the box. So, whoever had the word Zakin on his ticket, Moshe said to him, Hashem has appointed you to be one of the 70s. And whoever got an empty, blank piece of paper, his ticket was blank. Moshe would say to him, what should I do? Hashem made it that you would pick up Cholot. So you can't be part of the 70 Zikane. So the Gemara relates, similar to what we had in the last year, that Rabbi Yudav or Rabbi Nechemia must have tiny Lechavri. Rabbi Yudav and Rabbi Nechemia were learning this Sugya together, and one of them asked the question to his Chavr, to his friend, Ilu Kisavtani Zokin Solakta, the, the two came who got Cholok and were not part of the 70, they could say it's not fair because by the time it came to us, let's say the first 70 got Zuckin, when it came to us, there were two left that were empty. If you would have given me a chance to have a Zuckin and a Cholok, then it would be fair. But it's very possible the first 70 took the Zokin. When it came to me, all, the whole choice I have was Cholok. So he disagrees with the first shot. And he says, He took 72 and he wrote the word Zokin on it. There were two that were empty. He put it into the box. So there was actually a total of 74. 72 which had the word Zokin on it, and two which were blank. So now even the people at the end, even if we're going to say that 70, the first 70 took Zokin, but the last two who would take 
also had a choice between Cholak and Zaken. And they chose Cholak, so they are not appointed to be part of the 70, and everything's fair. They had a chance to also pick Zaken. Amr Lahan, so Maishu Rabbeinu, said to them, Come and get your tickets. Mishol Abiyari Zaken, whoever had the word Zaken on it, Amr Lai, Maishu said to him, that Hashem has appointed you. And whoever had on his ticket empty, blank, would say to him, What should I do? That you are not chosen to be part of the 70. So these two, one asked the other one on this shot that there were actually 74 tickets. Trouble yourself, delve into the Torah deeply, and you'll still have a problem. It could come out that all 72 would pick the word Zaken. Because after all, there were 72 tickets with the word Zaken on it, and two were empty. So he answered, the other one answered, You have to say it was a Ness, they came up in alternating way. In other words, let's say at the first 23, there came a cholok, then another 23 a cholok, and that leaves 24 at the end, and those were all with the word zakin on it. So there, there was a nest that Hashem made that the cholok was not left for the end, but they were dispersed throughout the counting of the seventy. Amar lay, so the other one said back to him, Amar Rav Shmuel, say, Rav Shmuel asked the question, Kumi Rav Avua, in front of Rav Avua, Aldaite de Tanya are you telling me that it's only a Maisanism according to the second opinion that there were actually 74 tickets, 72 with the word Zaken and two empty? It's only according to him that's Maisanism? And what about, according to the first shot, are you telling me, according to the first shot, it's not Mycenaeism? Because the first one we had a big problem with, because the person could say, it's not fair. I only had empty to choose from. The first 70 went to Zokin, and the last two were left for Cholok. So we have to say, it's only the second pshat that Mycenaeism? What about the first pshat? The first pshat will have to use Mycenaeism and that it was alternating the same as the second pshat that they saw as they were going through that there were empty tickets and they didn't leave it until the end, the empty tickets. Hashem made a nest that it should happen. So I'm away. So the other... Amoira responded, You're right, that not only according to the second shot, but even according to the first shot, you have to say it was Mycenaeism. And it went in alternating sequence that they saw that it was a Mycenaeus. Now, the same sugi we find in the Bavli in Sanhedrin, and there the Bavli only brings the first shot that there were 72 tickets. And Rashi there in the Sugya says, the Zelishoynoi, Shnaim Eoisen Ayin, two of the 70, 
Shaholchu Litoil, Olabiyadai Cholak. Two of the seventy, when they went to take it from the box, came up with empty. Vinishtaru Shnape Sikkin, and there were two tickets that were remaining, Shahik Suvim Bikalfi, that had the word Zakan, and they were left in the box. Shahayu shall al They were al tickets. So Rashi seems to be going with the first shot here. There were only 72 tickets. And there was a mice and nest, which Agav, the Meforshim, say that they knew that there was going to be a nest here. And that could be another reason why the Gemara says here that even according to the first shot, you have to say a nest. That was, they had a Kabbalah that a nest happened here. Not only in the second shot, but even in the first shot. So Rashi's going with the first shot. In alternating sequence, there were two empty tickets that were chosen. And what was left in the box, because Elder Nameda stayed in the machna, they didn't go out, and they didn't choose from the box. Now, why didn't they choose? Shenish Yoru rushes, they were afraid. They were afraid that they're going to get the empty piece. They didn't want to get embarrassed. They, that's why they didn't go. Rashi and Ayn Yaakov says that that's shot in the Pasuk. It says over there by Elder Umeidat, Vehema Biksuvim. What does it mean, Vehema Biksuvim? They are underwritten ones. In other words, they are ones who had the word Zakin written on it, but they didn't choose it because it stayed in the box. But really, Elder Umeidat were chosen. Another reason they didn't go to Gemara says there in Sanhedrin, Bavl Yudzayin, was because of Anivas. And Hashem said that, Adarabba, because of your Anivas, you deserve the ticket that says Zokin on it. And those were the two remaining tickets in the Ksuvim that were written, and they didn't go to get it, but that was the tickets of Eldad Umeidad. Continues the Gemara, uh, I would advise that anyone listening to the Shear should write the numbers down on a piece of paper and refer to it as we go through the Shear. Because here we find again, Shoal, here we have an Antignos Hegman, the Rabbeinu Hananel is Goris Antoninus Hegman, the official Antoninus, and Rabbeinu Hananel says, that this is the same Antoninus Hegmon that we found on Daf Yud Aleph Amid Beis. And again, he's asking mathematical questions. And again, he's speaking to Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai. Shol Antoninus Hegmon, Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai, Moshe, Rabbi Moshe, your Rebbe, your teacher, I come to one of two conclusions. Oi Ganavaya, either he was a robber, or he couldn't do the math properly because something is missing. It says, a half shekel for each person in Klal Yisrael. So we have to bear in mind the following, and again, advising you to write it down on a piece of paper. From the Torah, a shekel is four dinarim. A mana is 25 shkalim, which equals 100 dinar. If we are speaking beka, which is a half shekel, there are 50 half shkalim in a mana. Now, how much is in a kikor? 60 mana. We'll soon see that the others hold it's 100 mana. But let's go with 60 mana. 
a kikur is 60 mana, which equals 1,500 shkalim, because 60 times 25 shkalim in a mana is 1,500. How many contributors to the Mishkan were there? It says in the Torah, 603,550. How many monos does 603,550 represent? And we're going, that we're discussing Becca half shkalim. So we divide 603,550 by 50, and we come up with 12,071 monos. It says in the Torah that Klai Yisrael was menadev, a hundred kikr, and elef ushva meyers v'chamishu shivim shekel, 1,775 shkolom. 100 kikr plus the 1,775 shkolom. To make the math simple, we will round off the 12,071 monies, and we'll make it 12,000 monies. Now, the Torah says 100 kikr. So we're missing 20 kikr. If we say there are 100 monos in a kikr, so if we divide 12,000 monos by 100, it equals 120 kikr. Again, going with the assumption that there are 100 monos in a kikr. You have 120 kikr. But the Torah says that there is only 100 kikr. You're missing 20 kikr. 20 of 120 is one-sixth missing. So that's what the Antoninus said to Rabbi Yechem and Zakkai, if there's 100 monos in a kikr, then there should have been 120 kikr. And Moshe only says there's 100 kikr. We're missing 20. So he's a ganav. Or he doesn't know how to do math. So let's see the Gemara inside. Dechsev, bekelagogaylas, a half shekel for each head. In tavit kinter, kinter is another word for kikar. If you say that a kikar is worth mega litri, litri is another word for mana. So if we go, we said that there was a question: Is there a hundred mana in a kikar, or is there sixty? So Antoninus is going with a hundred mana in a kikar. If there's a hundred mana in a kikar. So chad min ishta ganav. The Rabbeinu Chananel is gar shita, which is a sixth. Then one out of six he stole, or he made a bad cheshbon. Because as we explained, uh, 12,000 monos divided by 100 mona in a kikr is 120 kikr. And the Torah says that they only collected 100. Ve'in tavdine shitin, and if you're going to say that there's 60 mana in a kikr. So that, in tavidne shitin litre, litre, again, is another word for mana. If you're going to say there are 60 mana in a kikr, so palgagadav, then he stole even more. In other words, it will take 12,000 monos divided by 60 mana in a kikr. We wind up with 200 kikr. And the Torah says they only collected 100 kikr. So then you have 50% missing. You have a half missing. That was his question to Rabbi Yechelim and Zakai. Continues the Gemara. Omar Le, Rabbi Yechelim and Zakai responded to Antoninus, Moshe Rabban, 
Moshe Rebbe, Gizbor Nemon. He was a faithful Gizbor, a faithful treasurer. He has to show him that he would steal money. He was a Baki in the math here. As the Forshim explained, what Rabbi Yechman Zaka was doing with these words is saying, first of all, my contention is that it was 60 mana in a kikr, not 100. But the shekel hakodesh was double the regular shekel. So in other words, a mana, you needed 50, 50 shkolem to make a mana. And therefore, it would take double, uh, instead of 60 mon in a kikr, it would be 120 mon in a kikr. And if you divide the rounded off number of 12,000 mana, divided by 120 is precisely 100 kikr. So that they were not missing a half, as Antoninus had suggested, but rather it was precisely 100 kika, again, we're not going with the fraction of 1,775 shkolem in addition to the 100 kika. To make the math simple, we're going to round it off that they contributed 100 kika. And how do we get that number? Because we're doubling the shekel kodesh, and therefore we're dividing 12,000 not by 60 mana, but by 120 mana in a kika, and we come up with the number 100, precisely correct. And now, Rabbi Yochemen Zakai is going to bring three proofs that the shekel of the Mishkan was double, the shekel Kodesh was double the one of Chol. The Hegmon, Antoninus, was able to answer two of the proofs, that there are no proofs, but the third one then the Hegmon had to admit that Moshe was an honest treasurer. Begins the Gemara. Amalei, Sarab Yechem and Zakai continues to defend Moshe, and he brings a proof from the amount of copper that was donated to the Mishkan. Vaksivit says in the Pasik, Nechoshes Atnufa, the Nechoshes that was offered by Klal Yisrael for the Mishkan. Shivim Kikor. They were 70 Kikor. But also, and this is the main part of the Gemara here, there were 2,400 Shkolom. Vahaydal on Silkan. How much does 2,400 Shkolom equal? If we divide 2,400 by 25 Shekel, we get 96. Tishin Vishis Litrin. Litrin is another word for mono. We get 96 mana. This avidle krutrut. And you are making this mana into shkolem? Why do you have 70 kikr and 2,400 shkolem? You should have 71 kikr because you have 96 manas and all you need is 60 mana. So I have another kikr. So I should have counted it as 71 kikr and the remainder of 900, because there's 1,500 shkolem in a kikor. So why do you say it's 70 and 2,440? You should say it's 71 and remainder 900. Elamai must be because the shekel HaKodesh is double. So if it's double, we don't have 15 
hundred shkolim in a kikor, but rather we have three thousand shkolim in a kikor, and you only have a remainder of twenty four hundred. That's why it's not listed as seventy one kikor and remainder nine hundred because it didn't equal a, a kikor. That's why the remainder is given as two thousand four hundred. This is what Rabbi Yechman Zaki was trying to prove from the Nechoshes. Amalei, so the Hegbon answered back, no proof. I could say that it was not double. But Mishum Deleisola Kintra, Kintra equals a Kikor. It wasn't equal to a Kikor, because if we go not with 60, let's go with 100. There's one possibility, so there's a possibility that there's 100 mana in a kikor and times 25 shkolim. In a mana, that would give you 2,500 shkolim. How many shkolim was the remainder? 2,400. So this this deflects your proof. If we say that there's 100 mana in a kikor, then there will be 2,500 Shkolem, and they only had 2,400. That's why it's written as a remainder. So now, if that's true, that there's 100, we learned before, and we made the calculation that there should have been 120 kikor. There was only 100. That's why I claim, says the Hegemon, that Moshe either was not good at math or that he stole 20 kikor. Now, maybe you're going to say, no, there was 60. That was your proof, because you said there's 60 mana in a kikr. The in Tamar de Solikinter, and if you're going to say there was another kikr, and we should have listed it as 71 with remainder 900 shkalim, why do we mention 70 remainder 2400? There's only 1500 shkalim in a kikr, and you have 2400, so make it 71 and 900. LMI, you said there's a proof that it must have been double. If there was double, there were 3,000 shkolim in a kikr, and therefore the remainder of 2,400 makes sense because you didn't have a kikr. So that's what he's saying now. If it's 100, then it, did make, uh, it, it didn't make a, a kikr because a kikr is 2,500. The intamer is all a kintra, and if you're going to say kintra means a uh, kikr, if you're going to say that if we go with 60, then there is a 71st kikr, why not write it? The answer is because the Torah rounds off. The Torah doesn't like to use items that are not rounded off, and therefore they write 70 with 2,400 as a remainder. It's no proof. It could be that there's only 25 shkolim in a mana, and yet we write it as 2,400 shkolim remainder, even though we could have done another kikor and remainder 900, but we do it uh, 2,400 because the Torah doesn't like to go with odd numbers. It likes to round it off. So we round it off to 70, plus 2,400 shkolim. So either way, if it's 100 mana in a in a kikor, or 60 mana in a kikor, the uh, Hegemon said you have no proof that they doubled the shekel hakodesh. And that's what the Gemara concludes, the intamer, the solakintra, if you're going to say that it did make a kikor, because there was only 60 
mono in a key core, so the Torah rounded it off. Palga Ganov, then I come back to my question that if there's 60, so therefore it would come out that there would be 200 Kikar, and the Torah only counts 100 Kikar. So then Moshe Rabbeinu stole not a sixth, as it would be if there would be 100 Kikar, 100 Monina Kikar, but he actually stole or made a false Cheshben with 50%. There should have been 200 Kikar, and he only counted 100. That's how the Hegmon deflected the first proof of Rabbi Yechem and Zaka. And now we're going to have a similar exchange between Rabbi Yechem and Zaka and the Hegmon concerning the copper that was used for the copper hooks in the Mishkan. And now Rabbi Yechem and Zaka tries a second proof, which again the Hegmon is going to deflect. It says concerning the copper hooks in the Mishkan, there were 1775 shkolim that they used for the copper hooks. The Heidelon silk, and how much does 1775 shkolim equal? If we're going to say there are 25 shkolim, in a mana, it will equal shivim v'chad litrin, 71 mana. Or, taking it a different way, a kikar will equal 60 mana. It will also equal 1,500 shkolim. So we should have, the Torah should have written That'll be equal, 1775 will be equal to one kikar of 1,500 shkolim, a remainder 275. Why does the Torah put it all in shkolim, 1775 shkolim? Make one kikar out of it, and you'll have a remainder of 275. That's how the Torah should have written it. LMI, we have to say, the shekel of was double. So it's really 3,000 shkolim. So if you only had 1775, you were under... One kikar, and that's why the Torah didn't write it as a kikar with a remainder of 275. So that's his proof, Rabbi Hegman Zaka's proof, that the Shekel Kosh was double. Amarle, so the Hegman gave the same type of rebuttal as he did concerning the first riot. Number one, if we say that there was a hundred mana in a kikar, so then it would come out, there would be 2,500 shkolem in a kikar. And here there was only 1,775. So therefore, the Torah didn't write a kikar because you didn't reach a kikar. A kikar is 2,500. If there's 100 mana in a kikar, it's 2,500. 25 times 100 is 2,500, you only have 1,775. And if that's correct, then, as we said before, Moshe Rabbeinu, either his math wasn't good or he stole a sixth because 12,000 monas divided by 100 equals 120 kikar, and it's only written in the Torah 100 kikar. So that's, if you say there's 100 mana in a kikar, but now, if you say there are 60 mana, as you, Rabbi Yechen ben Zaki, wanted to say, 
So I have a very good reason why the Torah doesn't say one kikor remainder 275, because the Torah doesn't like to speak in these small numbers of one. The Torah would rather speak in larger numbers of 1775. It's, a, it's also a form of rounding off. Instead of saying one kikor and 275 remainder, it says 1775. So again, you have no proof that it's shekel HaKadosh is double. Omar Lay, so now Rebbech Menzake tries a third proof, and this proof prevails. Voksiv, we find by Yecheskel that the Pasuk says, Vashekel Esrim Geira, the shekel was worth 20 Geira, and how many Shkolim were in a mana? Esrim Shkolim, 20 Shkolim, Chamish of Esrim Shkolim, 25 Shkolim, Asar Vachamish Shekel, 15 Shekel. The money should be this total. It's written in three separate amounts, 15, 20, and 25, because they were commanded for, to use for the Beis Hamikdash for various weights. They had to use three different weights, a weight of 20 shkalim, a weight of... 15 shkolem and a weight of 25 shkolem. But it's a, what is the total? Hamana. This is what a mana is. Comes out a mana is 60 shkolem. So how do you get 60 shkolem? The answer is, shekel HaKadosh is double the shekel of chol. The shekel of chol is 25. Here we see a precedent from Yecheskel that the shekel HaKadosh was double 50. Actually, in the times of Yecheskel, they added on a 20th, which would be Another 10 shkola. And the total came out to 60. So here we see a precedent that the shekel of Christ was double. As we turn to the Yud Beis on the Beis, Kikrishel HaKodesh, Baruchu, Kafal the kicker of Kodesh, of HaKodesh Baruchu, was double. Amar and now the Hegmon said, finally, after he brought this rhyme from Yecheskel, he said to Rabbi Yechem and Zakkai, Okay, here I admit defeat. Here you see clearly that the Shekel HaKadosh was double, and they added 10 Shkolem to make it a total of 60 Shkolem in Amana. And I agree, as the Korbanaitis says, I admit to you, Begins the next mission and the next parik. Koyin Godel done the done I say Koyin Godel can sit in a bezdin and he can judge and also we can judge him. So the, both the Pnei Moshe and the Korban Eida want to know why was this thing written? The Korban Eida says, because he's Choshev HaKoyen Gadol, I would think that he can't judge. So the Pnei Moshe learns that in Echanami, this was only said because on Daf Yudalit Beis, we're going to have a Mishnah that a Melech is Einoidon, the Einoidon in Oisoi, that's why it had to say that even though that hush of a person, the Melech, we don't judge him and he doesn't judge. I would have thought the same applies to Karin Gadol. Therefore, it says here, Karin Gadol, done, vidan, and I say. That's the shot of the name Maisha. 
The carbonator says, Enechanami, the Kiddush is only in Donin Oisoi. As we're going to see in the Gemara, that I would have thought that because of the Cheshivas of the Kayan Gadol, it's a bazillion for him to be judged, and therefore he should always be able to send the proxy. Kamash Malon, that he does not send the proxy, he comes to Bezdin and we done him. Why he doesn't say, send the proxy, we'll see in the Gemara. And since it tells you the din of Don and Isai, so Memelit also said the din of Don. Enechanami, that's not a Chiddush. Because just because he's Choshev, uh, he shouldn't be done. But since it said the din of Don and Isai, it said the din of Don as well. Continues the Mishnah. The Kohen Gadol is Meyid Umeidin Isai. He can testify, and we can testify in court against them. Says the Korbanayda, Divya Maslow Meyid that there's one condition that's um, needed. Bifnei HaMelech. It has to be that the king is there as well. The king sits in the Sanhedrin. The Kohen Gadol sits in the Sanhedrin. So we accept the edus of the Kohen Gadol because he leaves the Bezdin. Umainin and the Bezdin looks into what he just testified about. But if the king is not present, it doesn't mean that the king is part of the Sanhedrin, because we just learned that on Daf Yudalabas it says that the king is not part of the Sanhedrin. But it means the king has to be present. But if the king is not there, then, because of the honor of Kohen Gadol, we would say that he should not go there to testify. Continues the Mishnah, We know that if a brother dies without children, his brother has a mitzvah to do yibam with the almana. If he doesn't want to do yibam, then he is allowed to enter into chalitza, where part of the chalitza process is that the yivama spits at him. So I would have thought that that is not covered to the Kohen Gadol, as the Korban Eide explains, that they sh- that the woman should spit, his sister-in-law should spit in front of him. That's not covered. I would say that he shouldn't do chalitzu. Kamash on the Mishnah. No. Chalitz. He could enter into the process of chalitzu. If he dies without children, he leaves over a brother. The Kohen Gadol dies without children. The and Leishtai and we can do chalitza to his wife. What about Yibam? We can also, if he dies, doesn't have children, so his brother can be Miyabim, his Amana. What about, can the Kohen Gadol do Yibam? The answer is no. He's not allowed to do Yibam. Why? Because his sister-in-law is an Amana. And as the carbonator brings down the Pasuk, in Vayikra, Per Chafal of Pasuk Yudalad, Almana Layikach. He's not supposed to take an Almana. It's a law of Elosa Sender Torah. So therefore, the Mishnah says, he does not do Yibim. Ibnei Shehu Asub Almana. Because he's Asun Almana. And the carbonator explains, and let's see it inside, Divri Amasu Ibnei Shehu Asub Almana, Dixiv Almana Layikach. Why don't we say the famous clause of Asei Docha Losa No. 
I think there's a typo here, because if you look up the Gemara in Yivam Estaf, Chaf Amid Beis, the Gemara says that we're geyser not like the carbonator says here, in other words, from the Torah, the mitzvah of Yibn is the first Bia. Afterwards, once he's done the first Bia, there's no longer a mitzvah of Yibn. And therefore, the second Bia would be prohibited because there's no mitzvah. The only reason the first bee is permitted is because there is a mitzvah. If there's no mitzvah, the second bee would be usher. But we're afraid that if we're going to permit the first bee, so then the person will do a second bee as well. And that's why we're geyser. Because the second bia is usher, there's no assay. So even the first one, which has an assay, the chachamim were geyser, you shouldn't do it because bia rishayna, they made exeron, ought to because of bia shnia. So that's why an amana, he should not do yibman because the chachamim were geyser, bia rishayna, ought to be shnia. Continues the Mishnah, Mesle, Mes, if a relative of the Kohen Gadol dies. A Kohen had yet is permitted to be metam himself with seven relatives. However, a Kohen Gadol, the only mace that he can be metam is a mace mitzvah, a mace that has no one that's burying him. But even his father and mother, as the carbonated brings down, the pasuk that is crucial in this Mishnah is Minamigdish Loyetze. That posse is speaking about a Kayin who lost his parents, his father and his mother, and the Torah says, So now we have in this posse, a machlaikis between Rab Meir and Rab Yudah. What does the posse mean? Rab Meir says, means Of course, he's allowed to go out of the base Samigdosh and follow the Oron where the mace is contained within the Oron. But he shouldn't go out from his Kedusha. That's how Rab Meir learns it. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, Menamigdish Loyetze means, as the Korbanayana says, Mamish Loyetze. He should not, even if it's his father and mother, he has to stay in the base of Migdash and not follow the Oren. Let us see the mission inside. Mace le Mace. Eino Yetze Lacharmita. He doesn't go directly according to Rab Meir. Like everyone who follows the Aaron, what, but how should he go out? He is allowed to go out, but how? So if they're in the city, there are buildings, there are streets and houses and apartment buildings. So when they are covered, that's how the Corbinator learns here. If they are mechusa, they are covered, meaning they are covered from this alleyway, from this street, because of the houses. So then they've turned the corner to the next street, who nigla. Then he is revealed, he can enter that same development because they are no longer there. He doesn't see them, they don't see him. Hey, Niglin, they are revealed 
in a mavui, v'hu nixa, then he has to be covered. He has to be in the street, behind the street where they are revealed. That's how he will protect his kedusha. He won't come to inadvertently because of his being busy with the loss of his father and mother, he'll forget, as the Corbinator explains, and he'll touch the Oren if he's walking right behind the Oren. So this is a way to prevent that his Kedusha will be lost by touching the Oron of the Mace. That's the sheet of Rab Meir. The Yoytze Imoen Ad Pesach He's allowed to go in this manner of being covered and revealed until the door of the city. Why can't he go further? Because the only reason he was allowed to do this is because he, he and the Oren are not in the same movie. They're not in the same street, not in the same construction area. However, if he goes into the outside of the city, then there is no uh, houses and streets uh, where he can uh, cover himself from the Oron. He could see the Oron ahead of him, and then he may forget himself and he may come to touch it. So according to a mayor, he can only do this nichnas v'yaitze, this being covered, nichse, being covered and being revealed in the city. Once he comes to the door of the city, he has to stop because then he and Oren will be seen together, and that is not, not permitted. However, Rebuda says, The Torah means Not like you, Rameir, learned that literally should not leave the Migdash, even for his father and his mother. Begins the Gemara. He judges, and we could judge him. I understand done. I have no problem with him judging. But done and I say, how can we judge him? It's not covered to have the Kongol come in front of the best in. So what should we do? He should be required. And Antler is a proxy. Let a proxy represent the coin Godel in front of the Bezin. We're not Mavayish the coin Godel by calling him down to Bezin. That's a busha for the coin Godel, and the coin Godel has great covet. Answers the Gemara, Hagatz Mecha. Look into this deeply. What's going to be in a case where you're Mechuyiv Eshvua? So the proxy is going to make the shua? Of course not. The only one who can make the shua is the coin Godel. So says the Korbanai, Since by a shua, you're going to have to have a coin Godel. Therefore, they made one rule. Donin Oisoi. He has to come to Besden. He cannot send the proxy. Whether it's for a shua or not, they made like a loy plug. The Kohen Gadol himself must appear in front of Bezdin, and that's why the Mishnah said, Don and I saw you, that in all cases, not only in Shua cases, the Bezdin duns, they judge the Kohen Gadol himself. Continues the Gemara, Dine Shaloi how many Dayanim have to be at the trial of a Kohen Gadol by Dinim Do we say it's the regular three like every other person, or 
Bishloish of Esrim? Is it with 23? Which one is it? Nishmin Let us get the answer from the following. We have learned, Ein Melech Yeshem Sanhedrin. A Melech is not ever part of the Sanhedrin. And we'll see the reason why in a moment. And both a Melech and a Kohen Gadol do not sit in Ibr Hashanah when Bezdin of seven are Ma'abr They make an extra month, an other base. Now, what's the reason for these halachas? Rabbi Chanina Rabmana, we had two Amaroyim, Rabbi Chanina Rabmana, Chad Amar, one said that the reasons are as follows. Ein Melech Yashub Sanhedrin Nechshat. A Melech doesn't sit in the Sanhedrin because we're worried that perhaps the rest of the Sanhedrin, they know what the Melech is thinking, and they will change the din. Really, they hold the din is one way. But because of the fear to go against the king's wishes, they will opt to render the din not the way it's supposed to be because of the fear of the Melech. So that's why the Melech does not sit in Sanhedrin. V'loi be'iber nechshat. They don't sit in Ibra Shana. The, the Melech does not sit in Ibra Shana, nor the Kohen Gadol in Ibra Shana. Also because we're Choshed. What are we Choshed? So the Corbinate explains, by the Melech we're Choshed, that since he pays his army on a yearly basis, it's very good for him if all the years would be Mubar. Why? Because he gets a, a 13th month out of the year which he really is not paying for, because he's only paying for 12 months. And if you're Ma'abed and he pays by the year, he gets an extra month. The Kohen Gadol doesn't want Iber. The Melech wants it, the Kohen Gadol doesn't want it. If the Kohen Gadol sits on a the Bezin of seven for Iber Hashanah, he's going to vote against Iber. Why? Because if you make another Shani, it comes out that Tishrei, becomes Cheshvin. In other words, the the cold of Cheshvin is now in Tishrei. What should have been Cheshvin is now in Tishrei. So, and the Kohen Gaul on Yom Kippur has to five times be toivel himself. The colder it is, the worse is the Tfilah. So his, he will always want that there should not be an Iber. That's why Tishrei will be a month earlier and it will be warmer. So he has in the Gius that there should never be Ibrahim. So that's why a king does not sit in the Sanhedrin, and a king and the Karngadal, because of their Nagias, do not sit in the Bezin of Seven, that's Mahabrishan. Now the Girsa of the Karbanaida is the Khadamr, that was one reason. But one of these Amaroi, Rab Chanin or Ramana, we don't know who said what. One of them, Chadamr, Veloy Melch, Vekoin Gol, Yoshim Beiber, Sheein Kovet Hamelch, Vakoin Gol, Leishu Beshiva. Do you know why the Melch and the Koin Gol don't sit in a basin of seven? That is not a covet for them. Now let us go two lines down. We just read the Gears of the Korban Eida. So come and see. We don't let the Kohen Gol 
sit or the mal of sit and the bezin of seven, like Hoshkin Mishlaisha. So you had a question. How many Dayan do we need for Dinimominus? Is it three or twenty-three? If they don't sit in seven because of the covet, so certainly the kind go because of his covet doesn't sit in the best of three. So he doesn't sit in three, he doesn't sit in seven, explains the Corbinaida and Divriya Maskal. Around ten lines from the bottom of the Ahmed, he says the Kivan da Fufkuhu. Yeshiva, once you took him out of seven, because that's not covered, the next bezin that we find is 23. So now come to the conclusion and say that the dinimamnish of a kongol is is 23. For which he's chayv malchus, we give him malchus. But the aim of yes, temporarily till he gets the malchus, he's not allowed to serve as kohen gadol. But once he gets the malchus, he permanently is not removed, even though he did an aver for which he's chayv malchus. We do not remove him from his stature as a kohen gadol. Amar Rav Mana, we have a pasuk for this. Siv ki nezir shem and mishkas alikav alav. The crown on top of the kohen gadol is the shem and hamishka. Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. And as the korban Eder explains, it says Ani Hashem later in the same parsha. So why is it done twice? So it's for a lesson. Kaviyachol, we compare the kohen gadol kaviyachol to Hashem. Ma ani bekdushasi. Just like Hashem's kedusha is forever, af Aaron bekedusha say so to Aaron and the Pnei Moshe adds the chain zaroi achrov Aaron and his children after him, their kedusha remains forever. So that's why Ani Hashem was repeated to learn this lesson that in this way Aaron and his children are compared to Kadosh Baruch They cannot permanently lose their kedusha. They didn't have a which are Chayav Malkus, they get the Malkus, and then their Kedusha is restored as Koyin Gadol. Rab Chanina Kesuva said in the name of Rab Akab Hashem Rishlakish, Koyin Gadol Shechata Malkun, I said, Bebezden Shashloisha. We learned before that Dinim Mominus by the Koyin Gadol is 23. What about Malkus? Malkus he receives, but it's only in the Bezden of Shloisha. What's the reason for this? In Tamer Bezden of Shloisha, if you're going to say, that Malkus should be the same as Dinim Mominus with 23. So on the one hand, we have 23, and that's why we have it by Mominus, because it's a covered for the Kohen Gaul to have a Bezin of 23. But here, by Malkus, if you're going to give him 23 as honor to him, it's going to really come out to Ridasai. Because instead of being embarrassed just in front of three people to get Malchus, he now is going to be embarrassed in front of a bezin of 23. That makes his busha even worse. So in the case of Malchus, we don't give him 23 because we don't want to embarrass him in front of 23. And there, by Malchus, it's in front of a bezin of 3.